Hello, everybody, and welcome to the RV Connects podcast, the show that is all about soaking up the most of that sweet, sweet weekend warrior RV life, and the show that shows you just how far you can go on your vacations from work. It's been a year, quite literally, but we are back in the saddle, so maybe let's reintroduce ourselves. I'm Melina, and across from me is my husband, Dan. Hello. And together with our kids, we are the RV Canucks. We are based in southwestern Ontario, and we travel North America, and we bring you along on all of our adventures. Okay, it's been a minute, you guys. Uh, welcome back to everybody. We have taken literally the bulk of the last year off, and thankfully, all of you have stuck with us through our intermittent adventures. But we are, like I said earlier, back in the saddle and ready to get going. What's been going on in our lives? Well, I think work has been really, really busy because, as we mentioned, we're both kind of in new jobs and that was a challenge. You did some traveling last summer into Europe. The girls were working. Then the girls started hockey. I ran it through my head today and I think between the two of them, they've been on the ice over 200 times this winter. So I think we're just trying to keep everybody from not having to have chicken fingers for dinner every single night. Pretty much. Yeah, I think that sums it up nicely. Um, we've done a couple of cool things. We, we, we did a radio spot a couple of weeks ago here on a local talk radio show where we talked about the RV Canucks. And luckily, as we look out the window here, the snow is rapidly mounting and we are getting ready to hitch up and hit the road again this summer, as well as working on and hopefully crossing our fingers, finishing Sally, our 1964 Glendette aluminum sided travel trailer, which has been in flux for the last couple of years, but she's not gone. She's around. Several listeners constantly ask us what happened to Sally and Sally is in indoor storage right now. So we're hoping to have her done by the end of this summer. Yep. I think that the radio spot we did with the nice weather got us excited to do the podcast again because we've really missed it we've got ideas about sally i'm trying to convince melina to move this over to youtube but she doesn't think we should that's only for retired people and i'm like well one must do what one must do (laughs) but so we'll figure things out it's going to be a summer are you suggesting early retirement dan all right let's get out of here wrap this thing up (laughs) let's go (laughs) Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? When we left you last, we were uh, detailing our trip back from the West. And uh, as you'll remember, in 2021, we took off uh, a little bit of time and hit the road for the great Canadian road trip. And that saw us travel west through Alberta and back in COVID times, in the thick of COVID times. So we did opt out of coming back through the USA due to the testing costs that were in place at the time. So we sort of traveled out and traveled back by relatively the same route. However, we did take some time to stop in Saskatchewan on the way back. But first, I think we want to detail why you shouldn't sleep on Saskatchewan as a travel destination and uh, as a vacation destination in general. So I know for the most of the rest of Canada, I guess there's kind of a broad reputation in Saskatchewan as just being like a flyover or a drive through province where you do, you kind of you go and it's flat and it's boring and you get through it as quickly as possible. And that's certainly the perception that anybody we had talked to had given us prior to kind of really heading out there and spending some time. And we used to have family out in the province. So we're 
kind of familiar with Saskatchewan, but I would say even the two of us, we probably didn't give Saskatchewan a fair shot. Yeah, we didn't know as much as we should. So I would say with all of that being said, Saskatchewan is literally a powerhouse. It's among the most fascinating provinces you can ever visit. The people are warm, there's small town charm, there's a ton of different and fascinating ecosystems to explore, and there's so much to do that you wouldn't think possible in a prairie province. So we'll get into some of that, but maybe let us in on your thoughts. So so I'm going to qualify this and say this a lot comes from the driver's seat because I do a good chunk of the driving. So I see the whole place and I just get lots of time to ponder it as we drive through. So there's a couple of things that stick out for me. One is the landscape changes a lot. And so we all have this stereotypical Dog River type impression that it's just wheat fields and it's really not just wheat fields there's wheat fields but there's some wetlands and there's some forests and it's a little bit of everything and so that's really nice and then of course we all think of the postcard view of grain elevators and there are grain elevators but when you travel along there's there's a lot of little things to see old farm buildings little parks and little towns little roadside stands and they're all so easy to get to so that's really the first cool thing about Saskatchewan. The second really cool thing about Saskatchewan is the co-op. And it's (laughs) like, you can get excited about a grocery store, a gas station, and the beer store all in one stop. And I think what's really nice about the co-op, and I wish we had it in Ontario, is the service. The, The cleanliness, the selection, the friendliness, like all of it is just amazing. And I wish we had it in Ontario and I missed the co-op. I will say for sure the co-op like branded label food, amazing. Their Greek salad dressing, like I still crave it to this day. Excellent, excellent grocery store chain. So um, good job Saskatchewan on your co-op. It's the kind of place like when you're traveling through an area and you don't know where you're going to get groceries in that town and you're wondering, should we go here? Should we go there? And you just see a co-op sign. You're just bang, hit the co-op because they've got what we need and everything will be fine. Mm -hmm, For sure. Officially, Saskatchewan is known as the land of the living skies. And that's kind of what Dan was alluding to, that kind of dog river prairie views. I mean, the skies are beautiful and they change a hundred times a day and you kind of never get the same view twice when you're looking up. But Other than that, there's some things about Saskatchewan, and if you've seen my Instagram post this week, you will find out, but there's so much cool things that you would never think existed. Like, did you know that there is a buoyant salt lake, basically known as the Dead Sea of Canada, in Saskatchewan? I have been there. It's kind of incredible. It's sort of in the middle of nowhere, not too far from Saskatoon, at a little place called Little Manitou Lake, and it's near Watrous, Saskatchewan. So this is a place that is like a mineral spring. There's healing waters. You basically don't sink when you're in the lake. Pretty incredible stuff to find in the middle of the prairies. And if you're interested in visiting this salt lake, there's some great camping options, one of which uh, is the Manitouan District Regional Park. And that I've been here for work. It's a great regional park. It has 108 fully serviced sites. And there's a ton of other variety of electric, non-electric sites, tent sites, etc. The prices range from $24 to $37 per night. And this park has a pretty great playground. There's a golf course, beach access for the lake, a perfect stopping point if you're going to spend a night or two and just kind of experience the healing waters, I guess. There's also a pretty amazing amazing set of sand dunes in Saskatchewan, which literally was such a surprise to me and probably the farthest thing to what you would think would be there. And that's in Sand Dunes Provincial Park, which is amazing because it's almost on the border 
between Saskatchewan and the Northwest Territory. So it's that far north. And if you see some of the pictures, you can kind of Google it and look it up. It's accessed by float plane. It looks like you are in the middle of the Sahara Desert or the Great Sand Dunes National Park in Colorado. So the point of all of this is that Saskatchewan is got such an incredible differing ecosystem from north to south, east, west. There's grasslands, there's boreal forests, there's quicksand, there's rattlesnakes, there's coolies, there's a bit of badlands. Really take your time in this tiny little province to explore because you will find something for every taste. There's a hundred thousand lakes. And actually I just found out uh, the other day when I was looking, Saskatchewan actually has the most roads in Canada, in the province. Really? And it's one of the smallest provinces. Cool. Yeah. So our destination for Saskatchewan was Pike Lake Provincial Park. And Pike Lake is located about 20 minutes outside of Saskatoon, just about 20 minutes south. The reason we chose this particular provincial park is one, because it had great amenities, and two, because it was so close to Saskatoon. And I was still doing some work in and about um, this trip and visiting our office in Saskatoon. So with that, I will sort of hand it over to Dan because he spent the majority of the time doing things in the park with the girls when I was at work. Yeah, so this was a really good chance for us to just relax. We didn't leave the park. We rode our bikes around, so it's a great spot to ride bikes. Really flat, so if you've got little kids, it's not going to be too strenuous or too physical for little kids to ride around. There's shaded sites, there's open sites, you know, sites with privacy. I recall the firewood was free there. You just kind of had to back up and get some. So that was cool. The park offers various recreational opportunities for visitors, including water activities, playgrounds, tennis, pickleball, beach volleyball courts, mini golf, an outdoor pool with a water slide, a one and a half kilometer, so about a mile long nature trail that begins at the Interpretive Center. So there's a lot to do. The girls and I went for a little bike ride. We rode over to the camp store near the beach. They had a a grill there. We got some eggs and bacon and pancakes and toast for breakfast that was really cheap and I didn't have to cook. So that was awesome. We took a, took a stroll on over to the mini golf and played mini golf for a bit. We rode our bikes. We hung out at the campsite, like just a really good spot to re-energize yourself and get your kids outside to play. So that was what was really cool about Pike Lake. So if you're on a long road trip and you have that time where you think you need a day and a half to do nothing, good place to go. If you're in Saskatchewan and you need a weekend destination, good spot to go. One thing I would say about Pike Lake is that it's a really popular park for local day trippers. So we were there in the middle of the summer, or I guess towards the end of the summer, but it was still August. Like, I don't think kids had gone back to school quite yet. The camping loops weren't as busy as I expected them to be. But certainly it seems like the type of place where during the weekends in the summer, you're going to get a ton of locals coming up to have picnics for the day, use the pool, all of those amenities that you would see. But the camping loop was actually, you know, there were still quite a few open spots left, which was nice. Like it was nice to have some time in a park that wasn't just absolutely packed. I mean, there's 220 odd sites at the park, so it is a big enough park. But definitely because of the local feel, I think you get some time where you feel like it's just, it's got great amenities, but it's you're not going to be nose to nose with your neighbor. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of, if you're from Ontario, it's a blend between a provincial park and a conservation area. Maybe the best of both worlds, really. Mm-hmm. I went through and looked at some of our pictures, and I, I did note when we came in that given the fact there's 220 odd sites, there was only one dump station. Yeah, and I, 
even then, I don't really recall anything that was too crazy there. Water, dump station, electricity, all what you would expect. It wasn't really any challenges for us. We rolled in, hit, unhitched, set up in kind of half an hour, 40 minutes, and we were good to go. Mm-hmm. One thing I will say too that I did note, which they did a fantastic job at, is the walkway around the lake is fully accessible. It's barrier-free and there's a barrier-free playground as well. So if you are traveling with, with kids or somebody who is differently abled, Um, There's a lot of opportunity to kind of participate in nature in that park as well, which I thought was really good. Yeah, and I remember even it was kind of that summer evening and the the sun was high in the sky kind of, well, maybe not high in the sky, it was low in the sky. And we actually just hopped a fence and walked down a country road and that was kind of cool too. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think we hopped a fence. We hopped a fence, honey. <laughs> we hopped a fence and walked down a country road. I don't, I don't we remember were, the we fence were, hopping. We were rebels. <laughs> okay. I remember the country road. I don't remember the fence hopping, but okay. I believe you. <laughs> One of the things that is so great about Saskatchewan Provincial Parks that you don't find in Ontario is the price. Literally all of these provincial parks are like 40% cheaper per night than you will find in an Ontario park, which is ridiculous and shocking (laughs) and something I think probably Ontario should should strive towards because it's actually getting quite expensive to camp here. So, you know, for apples, apples to apples comparisons uh, at Pike Lake for an electric site, it's $33, whereas a similar site in Ontario, just electric only, you're like $52, $53. Let me just jump on my soapbox here for a second Uh because we've covered a lot of real estate, put a lot of miles down the road. And by far, Ontario has some of the most expensive options for camping anywhere. We, we we went down Route 66 and you could stay for $25 a night at the side of the highway in a proper RV park with full hookups, which made it so much easier than boondocking. And we go to Saskatchewan and it's free firewood and the parking, pardon me, the parking, the camping is less expensive. I listened to our podcast on Jasper and the firewood was free. It just boggles my mind that camping is so expensive in Ontario and I'm trying to figure out what makes it different. What do we get that makes it that much more money? Well, I don't think we get that much more, but it's supply and demand. Like, you know how hard it is to find a camping spot. Like we book five months to the day out in Ontario and you can hardly find a spot. Like they're all taken. People book for the max. They can charge whatever they want because they're always full. I guess it is. I guess what I'm calling for is more provincial parks in Ontario. Soapbox off. Sorry. (laughs) Thanks, Dan, for that. Um, And that was the middle-aged man grumpy minute. Maybe we'll uh, (laughs) roll that in. We'll roll a rant into the regular rotation. That's Saskatchewan in a nutshell. Certainly we will be back out in future years to spend more time exploring. But I highly, highly encourage you, which is the point of this whole podcast, is to really find something cool that you wouldn't expect in a prairie province. Everything is there. So spend some time and look at Saskatchewan as a destination rather than a drive through 100%. 100% I would go back to Saskatchewan in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. With all of that being said, we kind of have one more stop that we took before we got home to Ontario, and that was Assisipi Provincial Park in Manitoba. And uh, we wanted to loop around. We sort of looped around kind of northeast, uh, went through Yorkton, Saskatchewan, and over towards Inglis, Manitoba, which is where Assisipi is. And we sort of wanted to do that as a loop, which is, you know, it's like three and a half hours north of Winnipeg by that point. But we wanted to drive through that area specifically because of Assisipi Provincial Park, which has like ski hills and valleys and and really 
just beautiful scenery. And then that's also in the area of Riding Mountain National Park, which is another um, really desirable area to kind of go and see. So we knew that this was going to be a drive through because at that point we were kind of fighting the clock to get back home. And we did stay one night in Assisipi. Really amazing scenery that you wouldn't expect. Beautiful overlooks over the lake. And Assisipi had one of those when you can't kind of came around into the provincial park. Do you remember? I do. I remember you're you're starting to make that transition from the prairies to northwestern Ontario. So the, the landscape is changing again. Really a good nature-based type of park. If I recall correctly, there was boating in there. Obviously not, not something we were at for this particular trip, but really private sites. Just a really nice park. Mm-hmm. Definitely a spot to go back to and spend a little bit more time and explore a little bit more. And then I remember the day that we left, it was kind of foggy, drizzly. There was a bit of a haze that was kind of cool as we're getting on the road and we get going. And then the trip just, we just kept trucking along really that day. I think we made it to Thunder Bay that night yeah. with some adventure. Yeah. <laughs> Do we want to talk about the adventure? I feel like we need to, <sighs> we need to put an asterisk on this story. We have spoken a lot in previous podcasts about our personal choice that when we travel long distances, depending on the weather outside, etc., we do choose to leave our propane on to run the fridge. And uh, there's a lot of debate out there whether that's that's reasonable or not. You know, we certainly will will do both. We will kind of put ice packs in it and turn it off, or we will leave the propane on uh, and turn it on. So probably this is a cautionary tale of what what can go wrong when you do this. Again, when we talk about our choice to leave this on, this is in no way advocacy for doing what we do. <laughs> We're just here to share our stories. But we did have a bit of an adventure with the propane. What, what happened, folks, is that we stopped. <laughs> Melina's kind of dancing around the issue because we're embarrassed and it's a good reason not to leave your propane on. So we stopped along the way. The girls had to use the washroom. We didn't put the tip out out. Somebody wiggled into the washroom. They bumped the knob, on the, the, knob on the stove. Propane got into the trailer. The trailer absolutely reeked of propane. We didn't realize that till 11 o'clock at night when we pulled into the Walmart parking lot in Thunder Bay and the entire thing stunk so obviously turn the propane off air the place out but we weren't able to sleep on it that night so this was six hours so this was six hours of propane kind of spewing into the inside of our trailer which could have been a disaster it was not and uh you know listen like years and years and years of leaving the propane on never had an issue but again one time you do and that's when you have an issue and propane doesn't dissipate like natural gas like it's heavy it settles and so certainly we did not feel safe sleeping in there and that would not have been the good choice however the problem was we literally called every hotel in thunder bay and for whatever reason that weekend there was no availability we could not find a hotel room so we did sleep in the walmart parking lot however for fully adult-sized human beings slept in the cab of our F-150. Yeah, so Dan slept in the driver's seat reclined and he did not get a good sleep. Melina slept in the passenger seat reclined and she was grumpy. Isla slept on the floor of the truck and she got stuck in the morning. Fiona slept on the bench seat of the truck in the back and snored like a baby. She had the best sleep of anybody. This is a matter of personal pride at this point. At 8.30 in the morning, we pulled out of the Walmart parking lot in Thunder Bay, and we live in the Kitchener-Waterloo area, and we made it back to our home base in the one shot all the way from Thunder Bay. So the original plan was to stop in Sudbury. However, once we got to Sudbury, we were like, nope, it's another four hours home. Nobody wants to sleep in the trailer another night. By this point, we had already turned off the propane and we just thought, nope, we're trucking. We're trucking home. You reach a point on a trip 
And let's all admit it, you reach a point on a long trip where you just want to be home. And that's the time that we just decided we all wanted to be home because we had been on the road for three weeks and we got home. We backed the trailer into the driveway at about one o'clock in the morning and we climbed into our own beds and we unpacked in the morning. And so ended the great road trip of 2021. Yeah. And the cautionary tale that no matter how long you've been doing this, you'll still make mistakes and that's okay. And just as long as nobody dies. <laughs> Absolutely. From this point on, we've got lots of new content that we're going to be looking at, looking at revealing some of our favorite places to stay with a little bit of a park overview, park recommendation format, as well as I think I would like to probably dive into our recent trip just outside of San Diego and we can talk about some desert camping and some of the things that we saw there that we thought would be interesting to you all. Yeah, I think there's that. I think I've kind of been keeping some notes on the corner of my desk about some RV maintenance issues that we could share some kind of lessons learned, things that you want to ask when your trailer goes in for service, stuff like that. So we got lots of new ideas, but this is the culmination of the road trip kind of part of RVing, I think, for our podcast this summer. Mm -hmm. So again, welcome to season three. Uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks with brand new content. And thanks for sticking with us, guys. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye.